When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, Tommy, if uh, you were going to buy a new off-roader in 2021, there are some really great vehicles to choose from. There are, absolutely. And in this podcast, me and you are going to take a deep dive into the choices that you guys have out there. And specifically, we're going to look at... We're going to look and talk about four vehicles, right? We're going to talk about the Wrangler, because you just did a buyer's guide. You betcha. So what's new with them? Uh, and then we're going to talk about the Defender. We actually own one of those. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then we just had the Forerunner. Yep. And then lastly, we're going to talk about the upcoming Bronco as well. So we're going to talk about probably the four biggest hardcore off-roaders on the market. And we're going to kind of get to the bottom of which one is best for your lifestyle and which one we would take. Yeah, or let give you guys the most relevant information so that if you are looking to buy something that's very off-road worthy, uh, not just a soft rotor, not just something that can take you kind of to the ski chalet, but something that'll take you to Moab and back, uh, these are your choices. So let's get right to it, Tommy, uh, after the intro. Congratulations, you have now tuned into TFL Talk, where we discuss everything automotive, whether it's cars or trucks. This is the one place where you can be sure to get independent and honest reviews. Let's get back to the show right now. All right, Tommy, what's new with the Wrangler? Well, the Wrangler for 2021 is pretty much the same as it was for 2020 and 2019. Whoa, hold on, dude. There is a huge, huge bit of news under the hood for the new Wrangler. Yes, there's a new plug-in hybrid coming, the Wrangler 4xe. Mm-hmm. Is that the one I was referring to? I think no. that's the one everybody out there is excited about. No, the one that everybody's been talking about is the Wrangler Rubicon 392, which, by the way, has said on its website that it's going to be coming in January 2021. And last time I checked, we are no longer in January. So where is it? Yeah, kind of like where's the Bronco and where's the Rivian and where, you know, there's a lot of vehicles that have been delayed uh, because of COVID, I suspect, or just because the manufacturers now seem to want to introduce their vehicles like 15 years ahead of when they actually start <laughs> building them and selling them. Uh, but yeah, the 392, you're exactly right, is the most anticipated Wrangler. And let's face it, Tommy, that is a direct result of the Bronco. Although it's going to be probably redonkulously expensive. Yeah, we're looking at like a starting price in the 70s. It hasn't officially been confirmed from Jeep, but from kind of some of the dealer leaks, it looks like pricing could start in the mid $70,000 range, like $75,000, which is outrageous for a Wrangler. But I think you're going to be surprised. There's going to be people that are going to buy this vehicle. Oh, I have gotten so many emails from so many of our friends, and they're so excited because, look... 
even though it's going to be expensive, right? If you were to go, and we actually did this uh, with the local Jeep dealer. If you were to go to them and say, hey, take that Hemi V8 and stuff it into my JK, uh, the cost of them doing it would be substantially more than actually Jeep doing it. And if you get it through Jeep, of course, you've got a factory warranty. Mm-hmm. You've got all of the peace in mind that it was done by professionals. You know, it wasn't some backyard hack job. Not not that they're all backyard hack jobs, but it, it is integrated by Jeep themselves. And if something goes wrong, you're going to be covered underneath the powertrain warranty. So in case you aren't familiar, we should kind of backtrack a little bit. What they did is they took the 6.4 liter V8 out of like the Challenger SRT, the Charger SRT, the Hemi, Cherokee. The classic Hemi. The big Hemi though, yeah. not the little Hemi. There's the also Hemi. The, the, right. the little Hemi, but it makes, I think, let me look on the website here, 470 horsepower, which is just astronomical in a Wrangler. So if you want the top dog, this is it. So some of the stats, 470 horsepower, 470 pound-feet of torque, 0 to 16 and 4.5, and the quarter mile in 13 seconds. None of which you need in a Wrangler. But people are going <laughs> to buy the heck out of these if you can afford it. I think people are going to buy them for like the first month. But realistically, the, the vast majority of Wrangler buyers are not even going to consider this as an option because it's so pricey. All right, well, let's talk about the Wrangler, um, and let's talk about the one that most people buy, right? So now we are in the uh, JL uh, model. It uh, replaced the JK. These are internal designations. Uh, and between JK uh, and JL, there has been, what, 10 years or more <laughs> that it took them to actually you know, go to the new JL, and I don't think the JL is going to be around as long because now there's so much more pressure from all the other manufacturers. So I don't think this Jeep, the JL, is going to go 10 years, but they did update it substantially. So the thing about the Jeep, Tommy, and it's always been the case with the Wrangler, right, is it's a no-compromise, serious off-road machine, right, that people are now buying as daily transportation, which is great, uh, but there are a lot of compromises. So let's start with kind of the powertrains. There are a bunch of different engine options. Uh, You know, 20 years ago, I would have agreed with you. But in 2021, the amount of options and comfort and technology features you can get in a Wrangler equals that of a Mercedes or a BMW in a lot of cases. Sure, but it's still upright windscreen and I don't removable doors. There's not that many compromises, and though. And foldable winds- windshield. Yes, but you can not fold the windshield, and you can keep the doors it's on. Loud. It's loud. It's, it's not tall. that loud. It's, uh, for the most part, pretty clunky. It's not a wheelbarrow, Dad. This is a $50,000... It's, it's not a high-performance you know, machine going down the road. It's still, you know, with those... If you get, especially if you get the Rubicon, it, the, the tires tend to be louder. It tends to be pretty um, uncomfortable uh, because those seats are pretty crappy, if I'm being honest, which you, I am you always. Are, uh, you are showing your age right now, Dad. Oh, it is not that compromised, not the yeah. new jail. So let's talk about it. Let's kind of com- have... Com- compared to a RAV4, it's a different vehicle. Well, compared to a RAV4, you're not a college sorority girl, so of course it's going to be a different <laughs> Well, let's vehicle. talk about the engine options. We, I started yeah. with that. So right. according to you, it would be powered by 13 hamsters that develop... <laughs> Four coal horsepower, but in the real world, it actually is a surprisingly powerful vehicle. The base engine is the Pentastar V6, the 3.6 liter, 285 horsepower, 260 pound-feet of torque. There's an optional turbocharged engine with 295 pound-feet of and torque. We had that one, and we didn't have a lot of great experiences with it. Yeah, we did have some issues with it. And then there's also, going up from there, 
The diesel engine, which has over 400 pound-feet of torque, they're pretty powerful engines, Dad. I mean, think about this. Back in like the 1980s, you could get a CJ with a little four-cylinder that made like 80 horsepower with no top, no doors. You could spec it from the factory like that. It was basically a tractor. But in 2021, even the most base Wrangler isn't that brutal on the road. It works. It's fine. So let's keep going with this two more powertrains. Yeah, so there's an optional uh, coming, I think, this year, very soon, is the 4xe. Any day, yeah. It's a, it's a hybrid, plug-in so, hybrid. Plug-in hybrid goes 25 miles on a single charge, and then it converts to running on gasoline. We haven't driven that one. We've driven the other three. And then, of course, you've got the Wrangler 392, and both of those are very powerful. Like, I think the hybrid has 370 horsepower. I mean, it's a, it's a little hot rod. And then, of course, uh, the, the 392 is crazy. Yeah, the hybrid is 470 pound-feet of torque, which is the same as a Screaming V8. That's pretty cool. And there is no doubt that the uh, uh, Wrangler comes in just a plethora of different uh, options and models, right? So it starts with the sports and goes all the way up to the Rubicon. So you can start with just a basic uh, soft top, right, with uh, like steel wheels. And I don't know if, if you can still get it, but you, you used to be able to get it for like 25K with no air conditioning. Right, so I think now the, the the base price is a little bit higher than that. It's like in the twenty eight thousand dollar range, and then if you know you move up into the Sahara, which is kind of the city version of the Wrangler, so that's the more luxurious one. The, I know it's Sahara; it doesn't make sense, but that's the city slicker Wrangler. Uh, the four wheel drive system uh, is a little bit more comp complicated than the Sport. Uh, you also get uh, more street going tires. Uh, and then, of course, if you really want to go and get the one that everybody aspires to, it, it's the Rubicon, and that one has a rear locker, a center locker, a front locker, a disconnectable sway bar. Um, it's lifted. It's got shock fox shocks, uh, uh, and it's got you know all the bells and whistles, and that one can easily get up to, what, 60K-ish? Oh, at least. I actually think you can still get a Wrangler with, no without air. AC. Yeah, the yeah. basic one. Starts at 28. So let me claim to clarify... If you get like a two-door Wrangler with the soft top in the Rubicon trim with the manual transmission and no options, yeah, it's going to be pretty uncomfortable compared to your standard sedan on the road. Right. But the vast majority of Wranglers, and we know this, are the four-doors, the yes, unlimited. The unlimited. The vast majority we see around here in Colorado have the hard tops. They're yes. not the soft tops. Right. And when you get the hard top um, with Removable some options, hard top, yeah. yeah, you get heated seats, yeah. heated steering wheel. Yeah. Automatic climate control. Sure, I'm not saying satellite I'm, navigation. I'm, not, I'm not saying it's a tractor. I'm just saying, compared to kind of the the, the way it drives, and you're stuck on this. Let's just get beyond this. I want to talk about like a buyer. If you're a typical buyer, I don't want to get into an argument whether it's you know a tractor or not. What I want to help people out is to decide if this is a vehicle that's right for them. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's comfy, but it's not as comfy as you know a modern car. There are compromises. Anyway, we, we've beaten that horse. Plenty. Um, so let's talk about the fact that you can also get a manual and an automatic transmission. So it's one of the vehicles where you can still get a manual. In the V6, yeah, you can still get the manual transmission. Um, if if you have a family and if you are looking to carry things, anything more than like a toaster oven, you really need to get the four door. Sure. Because the two door is going to be too compromised. In terms of the trims and the specs, yes, uh, everybody aspires to the Rubicon, but there's almost no need to get the Rubicon unless you're doing some uh, insanely crazy off road stuff. Unless you unless you like you plan to go do the Rubicon Trail, right. I would probably not get the get the Rubicon unless you want that. Uh, cachet of having that Rubicon badge on the side of it. Uh, and the other great thing about the Wrangler is uh, it's like a Harley, right? You can make it your own. There are uh, 
dozens of companies, well, not dozens, hundreds of companies that sell aftermarket parts. So super easy to modify, easy to lift. Uh, if you want to put bigger tires and wheels on it, very easy. If you want to put a different bumper on it, very easy. If you want to add about every accessory known to off-roading, very easy. Uh, storage capacity-wise, because people do look to hold stuff, mm -hmm. it probably is going to be smaller than a lot of the vehicles on the list today. Just the trunk, you have to deal with the the kind of the, the fender flares that come into the the storage area. You've got the roll bar you got to deal with. Seats do fold down, which is good. And in terms of value, you do pay for a lot of stuff that might be standard on like a Forerunner. So if you want stuff like LED headlights, adaptive cruise control. Um, Unlike the Japanese, they don't give you that full set of safety gear as standard, right? So they don't give you lane departure, autonomous braking, um, blindside monitoring. And I was just reading a comment, you know, in one of the videos I did, I said, you know, that should be standard on a lot of vehicles. And a lot of people were like, I don't want that stuff. I don't want my car to be that autonomous. And I understand that. But... At the end of the day, I always put safety first. I think it's a great thing because, yeah, maybe you don't want that, but you know, keeping yourself or your family out of the hospital is a pretty big deal. I was surprised by the number of people that don't want it, though, especially in the off-road world. A lot of people don't sure. want to deal with it, which is interesting because it's not all that obtrusive. But I do agree that a lot of that should be standard. And then you have to pay a lot for things like leather seats and um, you know infotainment screens if you want a bigger infotainment screen you end up paying a lot for it so it's certainly not the value play anymore at one point a wrangler was very cheap not anymore and the other thing it doesn't do very well is tow it doesn't tow very well yes yeah, only got a 3500 pound max towing capacity yeah we actually towed, we actually drove a wrangler from here all the way up to prudhoe bay which is what 4,000 miles uh, up in Alaska, uh, and we actually we t drove a Wrangler to the 50 highest points in all 50 states, and we started out by towing a little, like, uh, camper, and it was not good. They just don't tow very well. I think it's just a, a matter of the wheelbase and the suspension setup. They're just not very good tow rigs. If you're even planning on towing a small little camper, just avoid the Wrangler. I mean, the 3,500 pounds is kind of a joke. But if you want... Get a Gladiator. If you want the most fun out of your off-roader, it's hard to beat the Wrangler because you can pull the doors off. The whole roof is completely removable. The windshield does fold down. Only vehicle, I think, in the in, in the U.S. that has a foldable windshield. Outside of military vehicles, I don't know anything. Yeah, and it, it is just an icon. I mean, it doesn't get any more fun in the sun than buying a new Wrangler. So... Um, you know, so the upside is completely customizable, uh, either from the factory or aftermarket, right? Uh, certainly very much a lifestyle vehicle, incredibly capable off-road. You'll be hard-pressed to find anything that's more capable outside of a G-Wagon, which costs four times as much. Uh, available in um, every place in the country. How about the last thing before we move on to the Defender? And this is why I left it last, reliability. What has our experience been with Wranglers in terms of reliability? It depends on which, which one you get. Yeah. So if you get the V6, the, the Pentastar, Pentastar yeah. it's been around since 2012 in the Wrangler, and it's proven itself to be really good, actually. Uh, I mean, I've talked to folks with well over 100, 150K on their Pentastars, no problems whatsoever. We had the E-Torque 2 liter. We had, and it left us stranded. Yes, so the e-torque in the Wrangler is like a mild hybrid system. It's this little electric motor that kind of bolts onto the front of the engine and then it helps start the engine and kind of transition between gears and stuff. Uh, that one gave us issues, but for 2021, they don't make that anymore. Did you know that? They got maybe. rid of the e-torque on yeah, the 2-liter. Yeah, maybe because of the, it wasn't working. The e-torque e wasn't working well with the... It was a 48-volt system, right, basically. But yeah. then they stuck it on the V6. 
So they took it from the four-cylinder and now have stuck it on the V6 with the automatic. And I haven't had any experience with that, so I can't speak to it. The EcoDiesel is a very expensive option. It is $4,000, Tommy. Yes, and in the past it's been problematic in like the Rams. The, the first version of that, yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there was, there's, it can go to TFL truck. There's lawsuits and... Uh, yeah, it was quite the mess. I don't want to get into that in this podcast. That's a whole podcast in its own right. Uh, and then we don't know enough about the e-torque yet. I mean, uh, about the 4xe because it's not out. Brand new, yep. And we certainly don't know anything about the Hemi because, I mean, the Hemi is very reliable. And the Ram, it's incredibly reliable, right? It's been around a long time. We, well, had, it, we had it in our Ram. We never had any issues with it. We had the 5.7. Yeah. This is a 6.4. Right. And I fear that a lot of the forums will say that they're not quite as reliable as you may be as having. As the 5.7s? No, none of the Hemis are particularly that. Uh, anyway. That we, but anyways, we, it's we, a story we, for another day. Yeah, we haven't had any. Uh, so, uh, you know, right now, if you want to get um, a Wrangler, they're out there. Uh, you could probably, um, you know, have one tomorrow, unlike the Bronco, which we're going to get at, which still isn't available. Uh, the other one that you could buy right away uh, is a Defender, and we actually bought one. We did. And so then, at one time, mm-hmm. the Wrangler and the Defender went head-to-head. Yep. That is not so much the case anymore. Let's face it, the Wrangler came before the Defender, right? And in a, in a, in a way, the, the Defender was born from the Wrangler, right? Because there were a lot of, um, at that time, Jeeps. They weren't Wranglers yet, you know, a lot of military Jeeps. Yeah, they would be like the Ford GPWs and the right. Willys, and then those became the CJs. And then I think it was like 47, because uh, I think the Wrangler, the Wrangler, I think the CJ launched in like 41 in the military form, and then uh, the head of the Rover group saw all these ex-surplus. Yeah, running said, around the UK. And this said, is the vehicle for Britain, and he built his own version out of aluminum, and that became the Land Rover series model. Yeah, and he, he basically built it as a very utilitarian, you know, go-anywhere tractor, right? So you could use it uh, on the farm, but you could also use it to go to the pub. Uh, uh, and then quickly over time, the Wrangler kind of stayed true, at least until, re- yeah, for the most part, to its original kind of uh, hard off-roader, semi-military background. I say still is, though, because yeah, like body and frames, no, lot right. axles. It is, yeah, yeah it stayed top. true to it. Yep. Uh, but recently, the Defender kind of took a hard right into becoming much more luxurious. Right, the previous generation Defender was still pretty much a kind of a bare bones, not a lot of you know, comfort vehicle with a big old V8 under the hood. Uh, but now the Defender has become a much more, um, much more luxurious, much more bigger bandwidth vehicle. So a lot of people say it's basically a discovery with a different body on top. I, I disagree. Uh, for the long time, of course, you didn't like our Defender, so we we actually went through three of them. We bought one. We got a check engine light. This is just a quick update. Um, uh, they couldn't fix it after 168 after 168 miles, not 168,000. Uh, so they gave us another one. We had them try to install the winch um, at the dealer. They cut through a harness that killed that one. And finally, we ended up with our current Defender, uh, which you've been driving a lot recently. So tell me, are you becoming friends with it? I am, but it's still a discovery. Okay. <laughs> it's not a Defender. Right. It's still a Discovery. <laughs> so let's talk about the specs on the Defender. Uh, the, it comes in two engines, the P300 and the P400, right? The original one was a 300, which was a four-cylinder turbo with uh, 300 horsepower-ish, 300 pound-foot of torque. I would not recommend that power plant. I think they actually pulled it from Europe. I think you can no longer buy it there. I, I Obviously, after ours kind of you know bit the dust after just 168 
miles. It's not something that I, I could honestly recommend. But uh, the, the six-cylinder um, that we now have, which is 400 horsepower-ish and 400 pound-foot of torque-ish, uh, is actually really good. It's a, once again, mild hybrid system, um, straight six, which I love, very smooth. Uh, and uh, they're a little bit more expensive. So our original one was we bought the cheapest. We tried to buy the cheapest one. So we tried to buy you know the, 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 the 110, which is the four-door, uh, in the most off-road worthy uh, spec. So we had a lot, rear locker and, you know, basic, basic uh, cloth seats, no ferrules. And then the current one we have, which we replaced the old one with, is the SE model, which has some thrills, right? So we have now we have that kind of funky half leather, half like neoprene seats. So let me just say that the Defender no longer competes with the Wrangler. At one point it was <laughs> in the same world. That's maybe the new one, the 90, the, the two door. Yeah, the 90, the, there's the 90 and the, the 110. The right. 90s are short wheelbase, right. 110. Neither of them compete with the Wrangler. Because, first of all, the thing is massive. It's just enormous. It's a three-row. It, it's big. It, it's like, seriously, it's Land yeah, Cruiser. Well, hold on. It's Land Cruiser Tahoe-sized. I looked it up. When you include the spare tire, it's about the size of a Land Cruiser. I don't, it's a I, 200 I, It, it drives smaller than that. It drives like you know, an oil tanker. No, no. You know but what? It is, no, it's no Suburban. Come on. It's, it, it is pretty much a Suburban. It's not, it's not a Suburban. I would compare the no, driving no. experience. It's nice. It's well, a very we disagree nice vehicle on this to drive. This thing drives enormous. It feels bigger than an LR3. Discovery. It feels bigger than an LR4 Discovery. It feels just like driving I, I, a I absolutely Discovery. disagree. I think it's a very comfortable, tall vehicle with a lot of shoulder room that drives smaller than it is. So I think actually the design language of it makes it look smaller than it is. It and does I, look smaller than it is, but when you get next to it, you realize, oh, this is about the size of Wrigley Stadium. That's about the size. It's a and, really big. It's not by, a bad thing, Dad. It's just enormous. And by the way, we're not talking about fuel economy on purpose on any of these vehicles. Oh, I pulled it up, actually. If you want fuel economy, get a RAV4 hybrid. <laughs> Did you know that the uh, 2021 Wrangler four-door yeah. with the new 3.6 and e-torque, it's yeah. 21 MPG combined, not, yeah. which is better than 18 on the Defender 110 with the four-cylinder. Which is, which is you know, still not grand, but I suppose good for driving a brick into the wind. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's get back to the Defender. Uh, so uh, we, we, we'll disagree. We'll choose a disagree on that one. But if you need that third row... The Defender has it. There's nothing to disagree with. The thing is enormous. I'm just saying it has it, and and when it's folded down, we have the third row in ours. There's a lot of room in the back. Yes, it, there is, is a very, lot of room. If you have a big dog like we have, we have a you know Bernese Mountain Dog. There's a lot of room on an aircraft carrier too. No. It's about <laughs> about the same analogy there. Uh, so so yeah, I mean, look, it's got a much bigger bandwidth, uh, but in terms of its off-road spec, I was really worried that, and I actually got an email about this. Somebody wanted to know if they really needed that rear locker because it's an option, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I would say you don't unless you plan on like once again doing the Rubicon Trail. Land Rover's um, terrain management is so good uh, that you don't need that additional locker on the back. It is incredible off-road. So every four-door Defender sold in the U.S., the 110, has air suspension, which gives it a very, very big amount of ground clearance. And it will fail. Um, (laughs) Eventually. Eventually. In like 10 years, it'll fail. Just all air suspensions fail. But while while it's under warranty, it's a great thing to have. You know where LR3 air suspension lasted 14 years without failing? And I, think the, I think the guy replaced some parts. He before replaced he the compressor, yeah. but the actual struts themselves were original. But um, yeah, but still, the, if the compressor fails, it's 
you know, there's like the, the thing about air suspension is when it works, it's great. But when anything fails on it, it's a catastrophic failure because if the seals, you know, fail, then the thing droops down and looks like it's, you know, won't be able to run over a pregnant ant. If the compressor fails, same thing happens. So any failure on air suspension is pretty much catastrophic. So if you're looking for the most comfortable and the most refined of kind of the iconic 4x4 nameplates, you have to do the Defender because it is the best on the road compared to the Wrangler or the it's, 4Runner. Yeah, it's the most, definitely most comfortable. And yep. it also has the most, uh, not only back room, but second row room. I fit, I'm, you know, I'm 6'2", and I'm big and fat, and I fit back there very comfortably. Yeah, Los Angeles, the city of Los Angeles also has a lot of room in it too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it is, it's a good road tripper. It's like driving a Tahoe. I, I genuinely believe that when you go down the road, it's a similar experience. And you sit nice and high, you see the world. Um, you get that command driving position. Yeah, it's great on the on the freeway, it really and, and is. There are, I think, four different models starting with the, just the bare bones that we had. Then you go to an S, SE. I think there's another one above that, and then there's the X. And so price-wise, it, it covers quite the gamut. I think ours started like 50, 50-ish 50 thousand, 54, 49. right? Right, with tax and everything. And then you can get well into the 90s if you get the X. Right. Now, uh, to be fair to the Defender, I haven't driven the little one. So there's the there's the, the aircraft carrier, the 110, and then the 90 is supposed to be kind of the smaller, more manageable right. one. That's the two-door. But I have a feeling they're not going to sell a lot of 90s because if it's anything like the Wrangler, it's going to be like four to one on the the four-door to the two-door, because it's just not as usable for families. The two-door SUV thing just doesn't make it all that useful. But I'd like to drive it because maybe it's better on the road. When we talk about pricing, the, the Defender is very expensive. So it starts at 49.9. We had to custom order one to get it in like the $50,000 range. But if you look at like dealers around the country, Typically, you're going to see it between sixty and eighty-five. Yeah, you're going to see the one we have now, which is like a seventy thousand dollars. Seventy-one. Yeah, the mm -hmm. SE version seems to be kind of the sweet spot. And in terms of like you know, the Wrangler has tons of aftermarket support, uh, but the uh, Defender has tons of factory options. So you can order this thing, you know, from kind of the city slicker version all the way to the you know, I'm going to go across the Gobi Desert version, right? So from the factory, you can actually, well, it's not quite from the factory. In America, apparently they install it at the port, but you can get things like roof racks, snorkels, uh, winches, which I probably wouldn't recommend. <laughs> it's a little bit like, you know, it's a little bit like the Mopar catalog yeah. for Jeep. It's it's kind of in the same realm. Except, the, see, the problem with the Mopar stuff is it's like, you know, the typical Jeep dealer has the Rubicon, uh, and then there's all this Mopar stuff, but they don't have it integrated into, like, the sales buying process, it's right? It's getting better, though. If you look at the 2021 Buyer's Guide, yeah. like, there's, like, 100 different Mopar options now uh, that you can get. But some, somehow the, the, the Jeep and e even Chevy and Ford have a hard time incorporating. The, I think it's a dealership network. The dealers just don't. They want to sell the vehicle, and they they don't make a lot of money on the accessories, as far as I can tell, even though you think they would because they can, you know, wrap them into a lease or wrap them into a payment. Uh, but, yeah, it's always very, like, you walk to the parts department, and they look at you when you're like, hey, I want to get a snorkel for this thing. And they're like, what's the part number? You know, whereas with the Defender, you go to their website, and they say, do you want the adventure package? Yeah, so here it in, is. In a so very British way. Explore package, adventure package, country yes. package, and then the urban package. And then, like, the Explore is the one that gives you the roof rack and the little box on the side of the snorkel. And, and, and it shows up like that at the dealer. Ours didn't, though. 
Because it was all back ordered. Uh, because it's, like I said, it's, it's well. So it wasn't at the dealer. Because, then, was you know, it? Because we try we try to get ours early, right? But it's apparently a lot of that stuff is put out at the port, and a lot of the stuff was back ordered, so they couldn't do it. Uh, and then of course the dealer couldn't put on the, the, the winch. They cut through the wire. Harness. So I think that they might be also struggling. It's another story for another day. But the Defender. Let's talk about the pros. Okay. Um, depending on who you are, yeah. if you are like yourself. Yeah. and you you want to carry an entire football team, then the space is definitely a pro, right? And I think for a lot of Americans, the space will be a pro because you can carry up to seven people. There's also the six-seater. There's tons of space on the inside, tons of uh, storage capacity on the roof. I mean, you can load this thing up with, like, your whole house. So and the size can be a pro. The payload is out of this world, Tommy. Yeah. I, I think I want to say... Two thousand pounds. It's a nuts. Yeah, it's like it's, a, it's like a it's, it's like a full size truck. Yeah, and then another pro too. Or more towing capacity. I think even the smallest seven, engine. Seven. Yeah, it's like seven thousand. And then the big engine's up to like eighty two. Yeah, or seventy eight hundred. It's it's enormous. It tows like crazy, uh, and it hauls like crazy. Uh, and I'm still amazed that it you know has that much payload capacity. It's pretty staggering. Next pro, I would say it is very good on the road. Probably the best on the road. Out of the ones we're going to talk about, it's the most comfortable. Yep. Um, It's pretty good off-road. I mean, even in the base model form, it's very, very capable. So uh, that is a pro. Con, I don't think it's quite as capable as you can make a Wrangler or a Forerunner because the third-party aftermarket support just... Well, and, and it's expensive, and anything that's expensive, you're afraid to break. Yep, that's that's the other con. They are very expensive, and if you want like the Explorer package, you can spec it up to like 100k. Interior is beautiful. I think they did a great job. Very uh, rugged and kind of you know hose off, ready. Interior is good. Uh, I, I'm gonna put the size in a in a negative light now though, because if you're on the trail. It's a big vehicle vehicle. to squeeze through a lot of the Colorado trails. It's it's not as athletic as a Wrangler. You know, we took we did a video where we took uh, your Gladiator um, versus the uh, Defender versus the old Defender, uh, and it did everything that the other did, but it wasn't as natural. It wasn't the natural athlete. It'll do it, but yeah, it's not as happy. It's not because it's heavy and it's not as happy. So yeah, the third party aftermarket sport. Like if you want to go outside of Land Rover, there's not that many options. There's there's a few British Atlantic. There are companies. There's a few folks that are doing like slide for it and stuff now but it's so much smaller. Yeah, you're better off with the old like a Disco 2 or 3 or LR4 right those have a lot more parts that you and can maybe buy that'll for. come I mean it's a new vehicle it'll depreciate like crazy because Defenders ha- you know Land Rover has a reputation of not holding together well over time big issue yep, big I issue. Agree. another big issue is potentially it might spend some time in the shop yeah, you, you can, that, you that can develop a valid concern. You might develop a relationship with your local dealership uh, service department. Uh, but having said that, ours was very good. Uh, you know, it was just out of our out of our possession for a long time. And the other, what I do think, you mean ours was very good? I mean, they did well. It they, wasn't very good. It well, broke with another. Not the car, miles. the dealership. Oh yeah. well, sure, but I'd yeah. rather drive the car than spend time. That's why I said it, even though we didn't own it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the, my biggest issue with it. Uh, and look, I just accept that reliability is going to, especially a first-year vehicle like we have and had, is going to be problematic. And sometimes the more involved you are in the car, the more you like it. But there's a certain amount of like uh, operatic love that, that I have for this thing. The thing that I don't love uh, is the infotainment. It, they they've seem to constantly struggle with making something that's intuitive and quick, and it's neither of those two things. I agree. It, it's it's a constant battle with the infotainment. 
Uh, but the interior, apart from the infotainment, is probably the best out of the, I think, four we're going to talk about. I haven't seen the Bronco in person, but apart from the three that are currently on the market, it's by far the best, and it's the nicest, and it's just the most premium. Should, should we move on to the Toyota? Yeah, let's go on to the Toyota. Uh, out of all the, you know, we have no, as far as I know, very few people have driven the Bronco, so we can't be as specific about it. We can talk about the specs, not the driving. But, um, you know, the um, Foreigner, every time I get into one, I think to myself, why don't I own one of these things? <laughs> I love it so much. It's such a good, honest, uh, basic, uh, capable, uh, rugged, you know, any adjective I can think of vehicle that, like, you forget how good it is until you get in behind the seat, and then it just, like, falls to hand like a, like a you know, an old friend. The other thing about the Foreigner, which is kind of surprising for Toyota, it's a, probably the best value of the three. So even if you get the base model SR5, you're looking at starting 36, but that comes standard with LED headlights, taillights and fog lights, Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, it's got the Toyota Safety Sense, so it's got all your kind of safety suite stuff. Uh, I mean, that's a lot of that's a lot of tech you can get for in the $30,000 range. And then, of course, you can go all the way up to the TRD Pro in that like army green that everybody loves, or the cement color. You can also seat up to seven in a 4Runner. Yeah. Not comfortably, but you can get a seven-seater configuration. Uh, I mean, the Forerunner is, the fifth gen is oh, 10 years old, 11 years it's old. It's old. But it's still good, and they've updated it. They've done a nice job kind of keeping it fresh uh, without necessarily raising the value or the price on the thing. So so there's like, there's once again, like the Jeep, there's like the city sleeker version, uh, and there's the base version, and then there's the off-road version, right? So the most off-roady version, let's jump to that, is a TRD Pro, uh, which um, I think... Uh, is a lot of money, and maybe the stuff that you can that you get with that, right? Like the little skid plate that says TRD Pro, uh, is not worth what Toyota's charging for it. Actually, I think you can you can get all that stuff aftermarket, the Fox shocks, and do it a lot cheaper. You're probably better off. If I were buying a Forerunner, I'd get the off-road version and then do it up myself. And I think that's what most folks in the know do, because there's not a lot of tech that you get on the Pro over the off-road version. I mean, you get some fancy colors. When I say off-road, there's one called off-road. It's called the TRD off-road. Yeah. And you get better colors on the Pros, kind of nicer wheels. But apart from that, the tech, the off-road is going to have the crawl control. It's going to have the uh, rear differential lock. It's going to do off-road in the real world, stock to stock. They're going to be almost identical apart from the tires. Yeah, you won't have the big TRD Pro Easily changed. And actually... If you want a secret, you can buy that badge and stick it on there yourself. We did that for when we, when we built up our uh, Land Cruiser, remember? I just went to the dealership and bought the TRD Pro badge. So the off-road starts at 40555 yeah. which is a huge amount of capability and comfort and just convenience features. It's not as nice inside as, I think, the Wrangler or the Defender. So I know it's crazy to think about, but the new Wrangler's got some kind of cool, funky colors, and like the switches feel nice. Forerunner is a little bit more plasticky. It's a little bit more kind of basic and down market, but it will get the job done. And what's the uh, TRD Pro? How much is that? So and add ten thousand to it for the dealer markup. Offered starts at forty. TRD Pro starts at fifty. But my new favorite one, though, which I'd love to drive, and and it's been in the fleets, but we haven't been able to get a hold of it, is the Trail Special Edition, which starts at thirty eight, and it gives you kind of the look of the Pro without the kind of the uh, crazy price. It, you do miss some of the off-road options, of course. But for 90, once again, for 90% of people, even a base model SR5 with four-wheel drive or a trail special edition is going to get you to your location. And we forgot to mention this, but the Defender does not come with a manual. No. no. How about the Toyota? The Toyota doesn't come with a manual either. I think it's only a five-speed auto. 
But you can get Once it. Once upon a time, you could have gotten it with a manual. You yeah, you can get it in rear wheel drive. Did you know that you can get a rear wheel drive? Yeah. What's this, what's the city slicker one? Is that the SR5? Uh, no, SR5 is a entry level. Right. So that's kind of going to be your basic one. That that would be the one I would get with obviously. Um, four-wheel drive when you get into the city slicker ones as you call them yeah uh that would be like the limited uh the nightshade right. these they, have the bigger wheels and they have a different front end too right there's, the limiteds do have a different front end a, yeah. yeah there's a more chromey kind of less aggressive whereas the off-road ones are kind of look they look like angry birds right they're a little bit more squinty a little bit more angular uh and uh the one thing we have found and there's we did a really good uh buyer's guide for uh, uh toyota um Forerunner uh, is that uh, because of the way that the the front uh, bumper and fascia are now integrated, it's really hard to get an aftermarket bumper form because there is a lot of aftermarket support. So we've been working with our friends at Toy Tech in Denver. Uh, they specialize in these vehicles, uh, uh, and uh, the current generation very hard to make an aftermarket bumper look good with it if that's the way you want to go. But there still is a pretty big community for there skid is. plates, for sliders, for well, wheels, for tires, for suspension. Well, yeah, they sell a ton of them. And it makes sense why. So let's talk about kind of some of the pros and the cons. Sure. It's pretty big. So it definitely feels more roomy and more spacious than a Wrangler. If you have a family and you're looking to haul, haul stuff is. on road trips, the Forerunner is going to be much more usable. But unlike the Wrangler, you know, it's not a convertible. No. So, like, and same thing with the Defender. Right. You can't pull the doors off or the roof off. It's not going to have that kind of fun factor that a Wrangler will do, but you get the legendary Toyota reliability, which for a lot of people is worth far more than the, the Wrangler. And let's talk about that before we continue with the pros and cons. The, the upside to legendary Toyota reliability is that it's reliable. The downside is it's old, right? That It's got a, what, a five-speed, dude? Really, a five-speed when the Raptor has a ten-speed? And the engine's been around forever, and I don't mind that. It's a good power plant, right? Uh, four liter. Uh, I think it's actually better than, than the Tacoma 3.5 liter, but it's thirsty because of it. 17 combined yeah. on the Forerunner, uh, 16 city, 19 highway, and it's not going to be all that quick compared to like the Land Rover and even like a Top Dog Jeep. This thing is going to be pretty pretty poking comparison, but it does tow more than the Jeep and it tows better than the Jeep. I think it's rated at 5,000. I think you're right. Yeah, it's in that range. It's not as good as the Defender, but certainly, uh, you know, it's somewhere in between the two. If you're looking for a lot of value, though, uh, to take you pretty much anywhere off-road and to take your kids with all their gear and you want to hold on to it for the next 20 years and not lose a lot of money, the Forerunner is pretty perfect. It's it's hard to find a lot of fault with it, other than the fact that it's a little bit outdated on the interior. The powertrain is a little outdated. The, 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 the fuel economy is not great, but it just is so solid. Look, like I say, I love the vehicle. I get, but there are some downsides. First and foremost, uh, the infotainment, while it works, is pretty clunky. It looks like something out of a Nintendo machine from you know whatever Nintendo was around. Uh, also, uh, I'm not in love with uh, their uh, eight track or their you know their bass marching band drum like uh, off road traction control right with that knob. It works really well, but uh, man, is it loud and is it uh, intrusive? Thankfully, you can just plop on the locker and then ignore all that stuff. <laughs> or not? <laughs> it works though. Like I hate to I hate to be the Toyota fanboy here though. I've gotten these things really stuck, and you can get like uh, multi-terrain select going, get eight-track pushed or crawl control going, and they do do a pretty good job of getting you out of some sticky situations. And it's got some like like stuff that's pretty weird, like that ECT button, <laughs> you know, the the transmission electronically controlled transmission. Yeah, button that that I still I'm not exactly convinced that that it does anything except for make you feel good when you push it. Oh, uh, some other things that 
would be worth talking about as well, actually. So the Wrangler yeah. is, for the most part, a part-time four-wheel drive system. So it's rear-wheel drive until you start to get into snow and stuff. And actually, we should talk about that, too. That's a really good point. Yeah. Go ahead. So when you get into snow and off-road, then you can click it into four high or well, four low. No, no, then you can fight the lever, and if, if, if you're lucky, you can flick it into four, you can uh, click four it into high. It's not and then if you hard. got if you want to go into four low, then it's a two-hand lever. I love the lever, but why, oh, why, Jeep, do you make it so difficult to switch between, like, four high, four low, and two high? It's just, it's clunky. Anyways, it works, though. I the mean, Defender is four-wheel drive all the time. It's, so the Jeep is, um, but... You're, you're going too quick here. Okay. Because the Jeep also has the option now for select track, which is a full-time four-wheel drive. Right. So you can just leave it in four-wheel drive auto. Right. That's an option, though. The Land Rover is a full-time four-wheel drive with the center transfer differential. Uh, and that one, you can never go into two-wheel drive. And then the Foreigner is a little bit like the Wrangler, where you have an option for both. So most of them are going to be selectable, too high and then four high when you go in, like, snow and then back into too high when it dries out. But there's also the option to get a full-time system. And, you know, we recently took uh, a Tacoma um, off-road, and that video isn't published yet, but it's coming. So we compared it to, we took it up Cliffhanger uh, 1.0, we compared it to the new Tremor uh-huh. uh, and the Wrangler. Uh, not the Wrangler, the, the, the Gladiator. Did you bring the Gladiator on the trip? Yeah, it was Gladiator oh, versus Tremor versus, uh, which, versus Tacoma. And the, okay. reason, the reason I'm saying this is Tacoma's four, Tacoma and the 4Runner have a very similar four-wheel drive system, right? Basically the same. Uh, it, it was a, it was hard getting the Tacoma in and out of four high and four low, and getting that rear locker to actually lock. It, it, it didn't, it didn't want to do it. I mean, there are these little like tiny like lights that are light up. It's pretty, it's pretty silly actually. It's not astrophysics, Dad. no, but it's, it's pretty stupid. Back and forth so you get this little, feet. you get this little tiny like. It's, and when I say tiny, think of like half the size of a penny light that lights up in the instrument cluster that's four-wheel drive, right? That's a little, like, a, it shows you the, yeah, the, the diff, I, I, I know. and then it just blinks at you. It's like blink, 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 and you're like, come on, you know, and then maybe you drive forward 10 feet, and all of a sudden, and it, it engages. It's not seamless. There are millions of folks in the ruralist part of Africa that can figure out how to do it. I think we can drive back I'm just saying, I'm just saying it's such feet. an important thing with this little, this little, it just feels like this is an important thing that you're doing. You're getting ready to go seriously, and then there's a little tiny blinking light. Come I'm, on, you can I'm do better. I'm not sure I'm going to agree with you on that. I All think right. you just drive back and forth 20 feet, and you'll yeah, uh, yeah. get Why? the thing to Why? It, it, okay, okay, maybe this is the wrong vehicle, but in the G-Wagon, one, two, three buttons, light up, you're in. Have you tried to put, like, a 1960s Ford in the wheel drive? What year is this? You need, like, 25 different hands, and you got to be you got to jump up and down on it and drive it around in a circle. Yeah. It's not that hard. Oh, but compa- put it oh, hold, gear. hold on, dude. Compared to the trucks that we drive, right, with the little lever that you just go from too high to four high to four low, it's just, especially, like, in the Ford or even in the Ram, click, 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 it does it. It was great in the Raptor when the transfer case went giggle. First, first-gen Raptor. Oh, yeah, that was 2014. You're right. That was such a long time First ago. First-gen Raptor. Yeah, the current uh, one is much better. Yeah, wait till that thing starts going. <laughs> when gears aren't meshing. No, give me a lever any day over gears. All right. Well, we're different about that. All right. So uh, I think we've talked about the pluses. We've talked about the, the biggest downside. Oh, I forgot. Is they're just everywhere. They sell a lot of them. And, you know, here in Boulder, if you go to the local grocery store, you are likely to park next to two other Forerunners. <laughs> 
really easily. I mean, yeah, it's, that's it's true. Just, if you want something, and, and it's much harder to make it kind of like your own, like it is to make the um, Wrangler your own, right? There's no two Wranglers that are alike, but oh my gosh, the, the, the Forerunners, they're just everywhere. And there's, I mean, not just this generation, but every generation, right? There's just a ton of them. Yeah. Because they last forever. They do, yeah. And people don't get rid of them. And they hold the value like crazy. They do hold their value like crazy. Probably one of the highest or least appreciating vehicles. Coma's better, but yeah, they, it's, they do It's well. up there. I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm looking at like 20-year-old foreigners on Craigslist all the time that are like 8, 9K. Yeah. yeah like 200,000 miles. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Yeah. It's nuts. All right. Should we talk about the, the big cheese in the room here? Yeah, the one that here, – here's the thing, okay? So here's the thing about the Bronco. Everybody has lost their you-know-what about the Bronco, yet nobody's driven one. Uh, on paper, on paper, it looks really good. Style-wise, it looks really good. But you know what? The new kid in town is always going to have a little bit of mystery around it until people get behind the wheel, and then you start figuring out the problems, you know, the shortfalls, the, the things where it's not as grand as you think it is. Uh, and I'll give you an example of that. So we recently had a chance to review, uh, and these are very different vehicles, and it's very confusing. So let's, let's separate the two, right? There's a Bronco, and there's a Bronco Sport. And, right. and they're very different because the Bronco Sport, which we recently drove, uh, is based on a Ford Escape. Yes. It's a unibody, mm -hmm. you know, smallish crossover uh, with off-road cred. And that one's in dealers now. You that can one's buy in that one right now. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but it's confusing because, you know, we get a lot of you guys sending us pictures of vehicles that are, you know, not out there yet. Spy photography, right? And I think we got probably 20 or 30 people emailing us pictures of the Bronco Sport telling us, look at this, it's a new Bronco. And you're like, no, it's the Bronco Sport. Very different vehicles, right? One is a commuter that can go off-road. That's the Bronco Sport. One is a hardcore off-roader that competes with the Wrangler. So let's talk about the Bronco Sport first. We did get behind the wheel. We did get to drive it. I just got an email from somebody who bought one uh, and they want us to test it off-road. Okay. So I, I'm going to say yes. And we were in the Badlands model, which is, by the way, the like the top-of-the-line off-road model. I liked it. It was good, uh, but, you know, it certainly wasn't like the end-all, be-all in, in off-roaders. But that's not... That's not the one we're talking about on the podcast right, because I'm, that competes with like the Compass and the Renegade and like maybe a Rav4 Adventure. That's not the one that goes top dog with the uh, you know the Wrangler. I, I, I agree, Tommy, but I'm just saying you know the even before it came out, people were like, this thing is you know really cool, really fun, and it is really cool, really fun, but it's not as like like you know you can you can see its roots basically mm. you can tell it's a, it's kind of a it's it's got kind of a rent a car commuter I'm not sure. built up. I'm not sure the sport had that much buzz around it. I, I think there was a little bit of buzz, but the buzz, the excitement is around All right, well, let's the talk, top let's dog. Let's talk about the top dog. Yeah, so let's talk about it. So um, as far as we understand, it's loosely based on the Ranger platform. So body on frame, but it's much more like a Wrangler than like a Defender. So it's more affordable, starts at $28,000. The top comes off, the doors come off. Can't fold the windshield, but it is an open-air, fun-in-the-sun vehicle. It is kind of the ultimate expression of convertible and off-road in one package. And it does have heritage. It goes back to the original Bronco and Bronco 2. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it just, I think it looks fantastic. You have to they did a good it. job with The it, design yeah. is really cool. They, they managed to do something that's hard to do, which is take a, a, a retro design and modernize it. Right, so they, yeah. they took they took the beauty of the old Bronco, not the Bronco two, the original Bronco, uh, and they kind of captured it and modernized it and made it, uh, um, I think, relevant to today's uh, world. 
And then they gave it a couple of interesting powertrain options. Yep. So 2.3 liter EcoBoost, same engine in the Ranger basically, four cylinder, or a bigger 2.7 liter V6 twin turbo. Yeah, out of the truck. Out of like the F-150. But then the coolest part is they actually gave it a, an interesting transmission option. So you can get the 10 speed as an option, but if you get the little engine, you can also get a seven speed manual. That's right, not six like the Wrangler, but seven. So you have a crawler gear. And they gave it a lot of cool like names, right? So there's a lot of different uh, trim packages, very lifestyle-y with the top of the line, one being the Badlands again, is this the Badlands? I think it is. Let and, me then there's, and then there's a rumored Warthog coming, which is even, you know, comes standard from the factory with 35s, I think. Oh, okay, so Badlands Wild Track first edition in yeah. that order. So the other thing they did, which is a little bit different than the Wrangler, is they, they came out with an option called the Sasquatch package. Yes, which and is the off-road package. Yeah, that gives you the big tires and mm. the locking diffs. And the cool thing about the Sasquatch is you can get it kind of across the line. So if you want a Wrangler with the locking diffs, you have to get the Rubicon. But the Sasquatch package is this option group that can be tacked on to like an Outer Banks or a Wild Track. It doesn't necessarily have to be on the, the most expensive trim, which is pretty cool. And how much is the first edition? Is at 57. So it's, it's up there. It's like Wrangler Rubicon pricing. The base is going to start at 28.5. And then the other thing, too, just like the Wrangler and actually the Defender, there are two and four-door versions. Uh, so it most directly competes with the Wrangler, obviously. I mean, I mean, you, could, you could tell that they not just competed, that they benchmarked it, right? Yes, they because w- they went after a lot of the specs to make it just a little bit better. Yeah, so they like, you know, the Wrangler has this much ground clearance, so we're going to go, you know, another quarter of an inch. The Wrangler has this approach angle, so we're going to go, you know, a little bit better. Uh, and the Wrangler has this much power. So, But having said that, the Wrangler now has four power options. There is no hybrid. There is no diesel. Um, it's true, yeah. And is it fuel economy been announced I yet? I don't think fuel economy has been announced, no. How about towing? Uh, I think it's 3500 It's not grand. It's pretty low. It's also kind of in that Wrangler like, territory. Yeah, it's not grand. If you want a tow rig, definitely go for the Defender. So other things to know about the, the, the Bronco is you can't get one. So is, it, is there a manual? Or is, is there a manual? Um, Bronco or just automatic? Yeah, we just talked about oh. it. The seven-speed, remember, with the crawler gear? Oh, yeah, I was... And there's locking diffs, too. You can also get locking differentials. Yeah. But the issue with the Bronco is that... It's delayed. It's so <laughs> delayed. I think that it, it, it came Should out... Should have been out now. Well, yeah, so it debuted in June or July of last year. Yeah. And then it just keeps getting pushed back and pushed now back. Now they're saying summer of this year. Summer of this year, Which but that's what? for the people that ordered on like day one. Yeah. I mean, I think if you were to buy one even on like the second week that the allocations opened up, you would be waiting until 2022. And if you order one now, I think like end of 22. And then you got to deal with the markups, the insane markups. It's going to be crazy. See. It's going to be just. A I, I just got an email from somebody who's thinking about getting a Defender. This is actually why we did this. So thank you for that email who's thinking about getting a Defender because they, 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 they even though they had. One of the early allocations of the Bronco, they don't think they'll get there until 2022. Yeah, and I think that, like, you could build and price it, right? And, like, the order banks had just opened up. Does that sound right for, like, the very first people? Recently, yeah. Yeah, just recently. And then there's going to just... I'm not excited for the rollout on this thing because they're going to be impossible to get. 
Yeah, and it's also kind of going to be uh, blowing into a headwind, right, or selling into a headwind. So not only um, did it get delayed, I think if it had been around when it was supposed to be around, they'd be selling them like hotcakes. But now you're looking at uh, the Rivian, which a lot of people might be looking at, which looks like it's going to be a really, I know it's all electric, but nevertheless, a really good off-roader. Maybe. Uh, you got the Cybertruck coming down the pike, which there's even more buzz around than the Bronco. Could be. And that's been, once again, now as delayed as well. So originally they said end of 2021. Now they're saying... Realistically, 2022. I thought it was supposed to be in a 2020. Well, no, 2021 was the they original. They pushed it into 2021? And now yeah. 2022? Yeah, originally they said, they, doing? they said 2021, and now they're saying in 2022. And then the other thing, too, is we've heard the rumor mill swirl about a new Forerunner that's coming. So you may have a small percentage of people that if they launch the Forerunner before Broncos start hitting dealers, people may wait for the Forerunner. And, and you have the Hummer, which actually is coming out this year as well. That's going to be like 120 grand, but I know what you mean. Yeah, what's the markup on a Bronco? Yeah, it could be <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Grand. And then, of course, you've got Jeep. And Jeep is not just going to stick around and let Bronco eat its lunch. And they can do a couple of things. They can release new products like the 4xe and the uh, 392. Or the other thing they're going to do which FCA does very well, is, is, is discount uh, the balls off of the Ram. Yeah, it's going to be great for buyers because if you want a Jeep, this is the time to get it. Yeah. It's going to be a lot and more And the difference is like I can get a Wrangler now, save potentially ten or $15,000 versus waiting for a Bronco that I'm going to pay over sticker for and take delivery sometime in early 22. Yeah, obviously the Bronco, Bronco may bring some stuff to the table the Jeep doesn't have, but that's a no-brainer to me. Just save the money and get the vehicle you can drive now versus waiting months and months and months for a vehicle we don't know what it's going to be like. Yeah, and there's always that thing. A lot of people don't like getting first-year vehicles because they're not quite sorted. Right. Um, you know, we've always found that to be uh, actually really true. Um, so there's some people you put off by that. Uh, you know, I'm super stoked for the uh, for the Bronco, but Me there, too. but there is a lot that we don't know. And I and I'll save I'll save you know my review until I actually get behind the wheel. Once again, until you see you know, and more than that, until I get behind the wheel off road. Anyways, which of these vehicles would you buy? Ooh, well, we bought the Defender. Right. Uh, we've actually owned a Wrangler. Uh-huh. Uh, I've never bought a, a Forerunner. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, I mean, the answer is we bought the Defender. <laughs> That's that, You know, we bought it. We could have bought another Wrangler. We could have bought another, uh, but we bought the Defender. I think the best compromise is the Toyota. I think that would be, if it was my money, I would personally get the TRD off-road base model Forerunner with four-wheel drive. I think that's by far the best value. I think it tows enough. It's pretty good inside. It's pretty comfortable on the road. It's quite good off-road. And I just think it's it's well, the best value. So, 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 you know, you said, which of these would you buy? And I said, this is the one we bought. The reason we bought it, we're different, right? We, it's not, I'm buying it for myself or we're buying it for ourselves. We're buying it because we buy them to review. And for us, it's about uh, getting the vehicle and putting it through a bunch of tests and seeing how good it is and living with it and providing you guys with as much honest and independent feedback as possible. So we're not buying them for ourselves, right? It's not like, hey, this is my money. I'm going to be owning this thing for the next five years. You know, at, at longest, we keep them for a year. And right. so it's a whole... So, so if, if it were my money, right, if I had that money, which of them would I buy? Um, gosh, Tommy, I'd probably... I'd, honestly, I'd probably buy a pickup truck just because I'm serious. <laughs> That's not in the list. I, I know, but out of those, I'd, I'd probably buy. I, I, before I get the, the Wrangler, we, we have a Gladiator. I would buy a Gladiator. I just find that, and this is my own preference, so take it with a grain of salt. I just find pickup trucks to be much more useful. Uh, they tow more, okay, uh, they haul more, and they are, are just as, you know, for the most part, comfortable. 
and useful as the, the you know the car version. What about Tacoma or Forerunner? I'd buy the Forerunner. There you go. On that, in that. There you go. I mean, it's not always a way to go. Or Bronco versus Ranger. You bet your butt you'd buy the Bronco. I may not. That that new Tremor. We can't talk about it yet. It's still embargoed. But I did like the new Tremor. And if there's a if there's a Ranger uh, Raptor coming, certainly I'd buy that. All right, well, let us know what you guys think in the comment section below. Which of these vehicles would you consider, or are we missing something obvious that you might actually buy instead? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot more vehicles that we didn't discuss, but we wanted to kind of keep this in the ones that kind of sort of sort of compete against each other. Thank you guys for joining us. And remember, if you want to see these videos, if you want to see us actually not just sit here and, and kind of hand-bone about them, but actually see these things off-road, uh, go to TFL Off-Road uh, or go to TFL Car. We've taken all these guys off-road and, and uh, you know, d done proper reviews, Got, gotten dirty, muddy, and uh, gotten ourselves into situations that, uh, you know, we live to tell about. All right, we'll see you next time. Ciao. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.